unfortunately, they were suggesting that it might be the end of the road for him, that they were no longer going to list him as adoptable, that three strikes, he's out kind of a thing. And that broke our hearts. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you're listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Today on Dog Words, Gretchen Dole tells the story of her foster dog Royal's long journey from adoptable to unadoptable to finding his forever home. Our longtime foster, Vinny, visits the studio during the interview, and we talk about his favorite toy, Snowball. A YouTube video of Vinny and Snowball is linked in the description. If the links don't work in your description or don't even show up, Try listening to Dog Words on one of the other services listed at rosiefund.org slash podcast. Link accessibility depends on variables like device, browser, and settings, so find the one that works for you. If you're new to Dog Words, in each episode, we explore the world of dog care and companionship. We Save Each Other is the motto of Rosie Fund, which simply means the more we do for dogs, the more they do for us, and they already do a lot. You can support Rosie Fund by making a donation on our website or Facebook page. You can also contribute by making a purchase from the store on our website, buying a t-shirt at bonfire.com, or buying our note cards featuring Rosie and Peaches and our shirts on barkyours.com. Links are in the description. Your donations and purchases help fund the Rosie Life Starter Kits that make sure these senior and harder-to-adopt dogs have some of the items they'll need in their forever home. Any donation amount is greatly appreciated, but here are some popular levels. provides a collar and leash for a Rosie Life Starter Kit dog, and $100 covers their entire kit. You can also support Rosie Fund by downloading, subscribing, rating, and most importantly, sharing dog words. Follow us on social media, even if you aren't looking for a dog. Watching and sharing the videos helps our channel gain exposure, bringing awareness to our cause, and giving shelter dogs much-needed attention. Our free Rosie Fund YouTube channel offers great videos of Rosie, peaches, and shelter dogs looking for their forever home. We welcome your comments, questions, and suggestions, especially if you have an idea for a topic or guest. Go to the podcast page at rosiefund.org to share your thoughts. Next time on Dog Words, veterinarian Laura Plass returns to update us on the important work being done by community veterinary outreach. The mission of Rosie Fund is to provide humans with the resources and education they need to give senior and harder-to-adopt dogs a better life. We thank you for joining our mission. Today's guest on Dog Words is Gretchen Dull. Welcome to Dog Words, Gretchen. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. We've had lots of fosters on Dog Words, and each one has a little different story to tell, sure. depending on what their foster experience might be. And there's different foster categories. There's short-term foster, long-term foster, hospice foster, puppy foster, medical foster, so whatever type of foster you want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's also all those categories for cat foster as well, <laughs> not just dog, and other animals that KC Pet Project gets. What was your category of foster that brings you <laughs> onto dog words? Well, my first actually ended up being a hospice foster situation, originally medical and just needing out of the shelter with stress. So this was back in... 2019, I was living in a tiny studio apartment, 300 square feet or something. So fostering wasn't something I had any intention to do, but I had seen a social media post from Casey Pet Project where I had adopted my cat, just pleading, begging for fosters. And I 
pulled at my heartstrings and thought, you know, this isn't an ideal situation probably for any pet, but maybe it's better than the shelter. And if there's a dog, that's a fit. I'd love to find out. So that's how it all started for me. And they matched me with this cute little Shih Tzu named Chico. And he was senior, really old, had kidney disease, had some heart stuff, had plethora of issues medically, but I ended up having him for seven months and unfortunately he passed away, but it's what hooked me. It was just like knowing that I was able to give him the happiest last months of his life Mm -hmm. that I could. And he's actually what um, prompted me to purchase a home because after, you know, a dog in an apartment for a few months, I realized this is not long-term and I know Chico will certainly not be adopted. He's here for the long haul. So Let's see if we can get him into a little better space. So once I was in a home and Chico left us, the gates were open for any dog that needed a home. And then from there, COVID hit and I couldn't keep a foster longer than two weeks. It was the next seven or eight fosters I had were just quick turnarounds. We'd Mm -hmm. bring one in, they'd get adopted during the the COVID times. That kind of spoiled (laughs) us a little bit Yes, that people were looking for more companionship or recognizing that, well, I'm home all the time anyway. That was the barrier between me and having a dog was yeah. I couldn't be around for it. Well, now I can. Exactly. Thanks to COVID. <laughs> uh, two things I like to emphasize whenever we have a foster on is, one, whether it's Casey Pet Project, Wayside Waves, Great Plains SPCA, mm-hmm. all the um, independent rescue and shelter groups in Kansas City and across the country, None of them have a surplus of fosters. They can always use more fosters. Then the other thing I like to emphasize is no one I've ever talked to with any of these groups will force a foster on you. It's only if it's a fit, which you indicated you asked for what would be a fit, and Mm -hmm. and he was a fit. Mm -hmm. So they're not just going to stick you with, oh, you're going to foster in your apartment. Here's a (laughs) Leonberger. or St. Bernard or or something. It's going to be something that, oh, you have small children. Well, here's a dog that we know is gentle Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. you can only foster for a few weeks. Well, this dog just has to do medical recovery and then Mm -hmm. we can take it back. Mm -hmm. They're going to make sure it's a fit. And you can also, if you need a break after a foster, it's like, I can't make that transition this fast. I need a week. I need a month. I need a year. Whatever you need. And then they're glad to have you back when you come back. There's a foster experience in particular that I'd like to know more about. Mm -hmm. Your most recent foster, Royal. Royal. Tell us how Royal came (laughs) into your life. Sweet Roy Roy. So he, um, gosh, this would have been August of 2021 when we had just... um, a couple of weeks prior, our previous foster had been adopted. And after a few weeks, to your point, you know, decompressed, got mm-hmm. ready for the next. We were ready to take one on. And Casey Pet Project had started, I don't remember what it was called, but it was like a, a website that kind of showed the dogs that had been there the longest, some that were on medical hold, basically mm-hmm. the ones that were really needing to get out. And for whatever reason, Royal caught my eye. He was, I think, six or seven months at the time, young, young black pity. I knew he was going to have more trouble than most getting adopted just for those reasons. And I 
we had a permanent resident, two-year-old Doberman named Bruce. So young, always a better match for our playful pup. Mm-hmm. So he spoke to me. I messaged Sarah, the coordinator, and said, what do you think? And she said, that's a Gretchen dog for sure. He's uh, <laughs> has a lot of work to do. I mean, he's definitely been hard to place as far as a foster. And if you are up for it, come and get him whenever. So that's how we ended up with Royal. What breed was mixed in with, because you say pity, which mm-hmm. is pity kind mix. of a category. Uh-huh. So was he like a squatty body pity or a big <sighs> rot pity or what? Definitely, look? definitely larger. I think people were surprised a lot of times when they met him. They were like, oh, he's bigger than I thought he'd be. But we have a 110 pound Doberman. So he always seemed small to mm-hmm. me. Definitely not the short and stocky, um, the 70, 60, 70 pound medium height, I guess you would mm-hmm. say, um, wide jaw, floppy ears, cute as can be. So <laughs> I don't know what exactly he was mixed with. I, I don't know what they listed it as, but mixed with something for yeah. sure. So bigger, but not huge. Right. Bigger dogs are harder to get adopted mm-hmm. simply because it's a bigger food bill and that's a turnoff for some people oh, yeah. or harder to handle. Mm-hmm. Even if a dog is cooperative, some people like to be safer with, I want to make sure I could control the dog if if they're lunging on the leash. And then there are sometimes weight restrictions depending on where you live. Oh, yeah. So <laughs> little dogs tend to get adopted faster, mm-hmm. but he's a bigger dog. So that was a strike against him. Mm-hmm. He's uh, a pity, so that can be a strike against him. Mm-hmm. How long did you have Royal? He just got adopted, uh, I guess, last month. So we had him for a year and a half, a little more, I think, and... Felt like forever, but now that he's gone, it didn't feel like long enough. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, yeah, a lot longer than we anticipated. That's for sure. It was, at that point, the longest amount of time I spent with the foster was three months. So I figured now that, you know, COVID ramping down a little bit, people are going back to work, adoptions are slowing. That was becoming more normal, not turning them around mm-hmm. as quickly. So expected a few months with this guy and did not anticipate a year and a half. <laughs> That's what you think a long-term foster is going to be. It's like, mm-hmm. well, this will be a few months. Oh, yeah. And we'll keep him as long as we need to. Of course. But yep. <laughs> a few months, he should be in his forever home. A year and a half. <laughs> few questions. Yes. First one is, when you foster a dog for a year, mm-hmm. uh, before it even rolls into a year and a half, mm-hmm. once you hit that year anniversary... Do you start having thoughts about, is this just our dog now? Oh, yeah. I think we started having those thoughts after the first three months even. it was He was such a good fit in our home at the time. We loved him. And exactly like you said, we, the plan was to always keep him as long as we needed. And then if the right home came along, that was great. And then we could open, that space would open up to help another dog, which mm-hmm. is really, I guess, the motivating factor when we're fostering. And that's Number one question I get asked is, how do you not foster fail on every single one? Mm -hmm. And it's truly is just to make room for the next one. And if we had foster failed on the, well, obviously not the first because of the hospice situation, but second, we wouldn't have met the third, third, we wouldn't have met the fourth. And Mm -hmm. I've loved all of them so much, but Royal was a particularly hard to say goodbye to after that long. And then my other question, how do you move on? How do you give up a dog once you've had them for six months, then 12 months, then 18 months? 
but it's seeing the bigger picture and mm-hmm. knowing that there's room in my heart for more dogs mm-hmm. and, and I'll it, always love him and he'll always love me, Yes, even if he's in his forever home. But then my other question is, why 18 months? What kept him <laughs> from finding a forever home for that long? Do yeah. you even know? Yes. So at first, when we took Rail home the first day, we went over his history and he already had a big strike against him. He unfortunately was surrendered by his first family due to a, a bite incident. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he was four, three or four months old or something. So he was a baby. Not all bite incidents are the same. Right. And There are aggressive. I've been bitten by a dog that's aggressive, that's come after me. Mm -hmm. But I've also had blood drawn from a dog that was not being aggressive, Mm -hmm. that was just being... I was going to say that his dog was being careless. The dog was not being careless. I was being careless. Mm -hmm. Doing tug of war with a rope toy, Mm -hmm. and they lunge for the rope. Mm -hmm. And they catch your arm Mm -hmm. and they draw blood. And when you're working with a rescue group or a shelter, you need to report that (laughs) and let them know (laughs) in case a pattern develops. So not all bites are the same. Sometimes it's as inadvertent as you bump into someone, you bump into a stranger. That's not the same as assault. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. I just didn't see you there. You didn't see me there. We stumbled into each other. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And in the case of a bite, sometimes... My arm stumbled into your mouth. Exactly. And I was more at fault than you were. And depending on the home environment, it might be a child who doesn't know where it is safe to approach a dog from or where to reach out. And not all families know exactly how to uh, make sure everyone is safe. Mm-hmm. So he has that strike against him. Yep. Maybe it's his fault. <laughs> maybe it isn't. Sure. And it that it didn't help. It, Exactly what you just said. I don't, they never really gave me the details. I don't know if they had the details on what exactly happened in the incident, but it did involve a child, which, you know, in a lot of people's mind just makes it even scarier. It sounds horrific. Right. And sometimes it is. <laughs> yes. But sometimes it's. I think it was a hand over the fence trying mm-hmm. to play situation, but I was never mm-hmm. able to confirm that. So I wouldn't, I just communicated. Mm-hmm. There was some sort of incident that led him to being surrendered and. Was strike number one, but it got a few more strikes happened, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. So after a few months with him, he was, you know, still a puppy. So trying to give him grace, trying to allow him time to Mm -hmm. settle. And he had spent a lot of his life in his first home outside. So just getting used to being inside and what is a toy? What is not? Mm -hmm. Where do I go potty? The whole thing. So a few months right off the bat were kind of normal for a foster, just you know, showing them like, this is your safe place, teaching them how to accept love and also how to behave or attempting to. And so those first couple months, all of the adoption inquiries we got, people would come to meet him and he was just still really jumpy. He wasn't ready. No, (laughs) he was ready for someone that was looking for a high energy, full grown puppy. But most people, when they think puppy, are still thinking small and, yeah. you know, cute. And, Maybe 20 pounds. Yeah, and the training doesn't seem as daunting, but a full-grown male that's still jumping all over, not fully potty trained, might bite a hole into your couch. Mm-hmm. Not the most desirable. So that was the beginning phase, I guess, of the adoption meet and greets that did not pan out. He wasn't your first foster, as we've discussed. <laughs> How valuable was it to have already had those other foster experiences? What if he'd been your first one after the hospice? Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know if we would have been ready. I think 
when you become a foster, you have to just really accept that there are a lot of things you can't control when bringing a dog in. It's, I mean, it's like any dog. It, it takes a few weeks, sometimes longer for them to adjust to their new house. And you hear that, but until you experience it, Mm -hmm. you don't fully get it. So we brought him in knowing we're probably going to lose some shoes. We're probably going to be cleaning up some messes and there's that getting to know each other period and learning triggers and all of that. Unfortunately, that's an issue for a lot of adopters, even though they're Mm -hmm. told by (laughs) staff at the rescue group. And I know Casey Pet Project is not the only one that gives adopters a packet explaining this. Everybody does this. (laughs) Telling them what you just described there. Mm -hmm. There's an acclimation period, especially if there's another dog or any other pets in the house, that here's how you do the introduction and make that transition. And you need to be patient for days and weeks. People will bring a dog back the next day. It just wasn't working out. They didn't get along with my dog. (laughs) Had the meet and greet at... KC Pet Project to see if they were compatible, but as we discussed, <laughs> they shouldn't be like sleeping in the same kennel already. Exactly, exactly, and it's that's the part that's always tough. Is once they're adopted, it's out of your control. Mm-hmm. You can you know scream those wishes and hopes and <laughs> mm-hmm. please do this uh, till you're blue in the face, but it's unfortunately yeah, only so much you can do. Mm-hmm. Was there a point where Royal? turned the corner where you thought, okay, it's been a while, but we can see that he's more adoptable now. Uh, Yes, and then quickly no. So his story is so interesting. So I'm counting on it. Yeah. (laughs) He, um, once he kind of phased out of the expected puppy stuff, you know, was potty trained, was becoming a lot less in your face when Mm -hmm. someone would walk in the house and, kind of settling into the space, uh, getting used to our routine and everything. There was a month or two stretch where he would have been perfect for anyone, but it's probably actually really lucky that he didn't get adopted because a few months after he turned one, it felt like out of nowhere he became pretty leash reactive. So it was strange. We didn't do a ton of walks, more backyard people Mm -hmm. in general, and the dogs just spent all of their time out there playing. So... When we'd go on walks, they usually weren't very long. You know, they'd get tired pretty quickly. So, mm-hmm. which is something I wish maybe we would have done more and potentially could have prevented that shift from happening. But yeah, we were like, we noticed as we were out walking, it wasn't just barking at dogs across the street anymore. It was lunging and it was, you know, doing whatever he could to get across the street. And we never quite knew what, what his intention was. We didn't mm-hmm. let it get that far. But one night we were walking late. Uh, it was pretty dark, so we got to the a place where when we'd see someone, we'd just walk the opposite direction, just mm-hmm. tried to avoid those interactions. And unfortunately, we didn't notice someone coming, and then it was too late at that point. I'm holding Royal back. Dog's on the other side of the street, but Royal redirected and bit me. <laughs> so, and I don't even think he realized it happened mm-hmm. afterwards because once the dog was passed, he was back to normal, happy-go-lucky on the leash. So it was... Definitely the first time I had been, and I don't even know if you could call it intentionally bitten by one of my fosters, but I, you know, I'd been caught in the crosshairs of play and stuff, but this was the first. Yeah, you were um, collateral damage, friendly fire. He's just like, exactly. He's 
possibly not aggressive. He's insecure. Yeah. And mm-hmm. acting out. Mm-hmm. And the only thing he has in range is you. Mm-hmm. And I was holding him back from, mm-hmm. you know, where, wherever he was trying to go. So And possibly in his mind is, I need to get free from you to protect you. Exactly. I got to go after this. Let mm-hmm. me go. And, mm-hmm. yeah. I re- and we will never know, obviously, yeah, what the driver was for the reactivity, but it, we assume it was protection, although he was not protective of the house. <laughs> he was like, people, you'd see him and were terrified of him, but he would let anyone in, and as long as you were willing to pet him and play with him, he was anyone's friend. But, yeah, so as we, I think, talked about earlier, you have to disclose that to Casey mm-hmm. Pet Project when there's a bite. So all of a sudden our foster has two bites on his record. And we knew after that incident that this was something that we were going to need help with from Casey pet project or outside sources. It wasn't something we had any experience training out or didn't really know what to do with leash reactivity. So we started working with the behavior team at Casey pet project and while they're wonderful and like sending resources and what articles, videos, uh, had conversations with us, it became clear that that wasn't really going to be enough for him. So mm-hmm. that's kind of led to our few months of what are what do we do phase, which was the first time we had really been in that. Like, what what's the answer here? <laughs> like, how are we going to help this dog, and how are we going to get this dog adopted, knowing that like it might not be safe for him to be adopted yet? So. That was a tough time for sure. And then we had another, I guess, bite incident in our home. And this was absolutely no fault of his own. He accidentally was sat on. So it was just a quick reaction Mm -hmm. to being hurt. (laughs) And now he has three bites on his record. So his resume was less than ideal is what we called it. Yes. It's hard to explain (laughs) multiple bites Mm -hmm. so what i was discussing earlier it's like yeah there's right unfortunate circumstances and then the dog gets blamed Mm -hmm. once you get to three that is kind of a pattern yeah i'm a golfer and a friend of mine who's a a golf instructor (laughs) great advice he has lots of great advice you hit one bad shot Mm -hmm. shrug it off let it go Mm -hmm. don't worry about it second one okay that should get your attention a third bad shot in a round, okay, now you need to do something. You need to make an adjustment. You either need to stop hitting that club or trying to hit that kind of shot. So don't overreact to the first one. Mm-hmm. But the second one should get your attention. Mm-hmm. And then the third one is we need to address this. Exactly. And certainly with bites, especially with something like this where maybe the first one was kind of innocuous, and the second one was like, okay, that was intense. Mm-hmm. But even if the third one was, okay, that's not really his fault, mm-hmm. that should still really get your attention. So how did you address it? Yeah, so we called Casey Pet Project again, and we were like, what do we do here? And unfortunately, they were suggesting that it might be the end of the road for him, that they were no longer going to list him as adoptable, that three strikes, he's out kind of a thing. And... That broke our hearts. It was the last thing we wanted to hear. It just wasn't imaginable at that point, especially it had been over six months at this point. So he was, in a lot of ways, like family to us, and we loved him deeply, and the thought of having to put him down was just not on the table for us. So You do understand Pet Project's responsibility that they have a liability issue, they have insurance on the riders, they are going to be 
ultimately responsible if yep. this dog is adopted out and then there's a known bite history mm-hmm. and he does something exactly. horrific that they're then responsible for that tragedy. So they have to consider that oh, option. We understood fully why, why that was being... no less heartbreaking for <laughs> someone who loves him. Yes. It was, it was challenging. It was, um, at this point, and this was all, again, many conversations about, is he home? Like, is there not, you know, is this the only place that he can safely be and what do we do? But we actually had found out around this time that we were pregnant. And we knew that, unfortunately, he's also a resource guarder, which we might get to, might not, but he could not be in a house with children. That was realized pretty early on um, with fostering, with food, very protective, not really with toys, but with food and any high-value treats and sometimes his, like, sleeping space, very protective. So it just wasn't, he's not suitable for a home with children that, aren't old enough to understand boundaries and Mm -hmm. when to give the dog space and whatnot. So it was an unplanned pregnancy. (laughs) So it was very much, uh, we were feeling between a rock and a hard place because we knew we could no longer be his forever home, even if we wanted to with a human child on the way. So, and it's a, a ticking clock. Yes. Oh yeah. The original plan was, um, so I guess this is important. So after, the conversations about maybe it's time to, you know, consider letting him go. We came to the agreement, thank goodness, that if we were able to fund professional training with one of the training organizations that Sarah had recommended that knew, that basically Casey Pet Project aligned with the training style, Mm -hmm. that he would be back on the adoptable list. If a trainer can sign off essentially Mm -hmm. saying that this dog is safe to go into a home, here are the tools needed for that home, et cetera. So we came to that agreement. Luckily, we made a TikTok about the situation, and through mostly strangers and friends and family, we were able to raise the, I think it was like $3,100 needed for a month-long training, and it's what saved Royal's life up front initially. And that's not something that is expected of a foster. Like, (laughs) here's this dog. It's a fit. And by the way... You may need to raise funds for <laughs> medical bills and training. Yes. Certainly they cover all medical expenses. Oh, yeah. But then when there's that special training, God bless you for, for taking those steps. But you are expected to at least advocate for your dog. Yes. So we've talked about you make sure it's a fit with mm-hmm. whoever is going to adopt them, mm-hmm. uh, but also try to market the dog. Mm-hmm. So post on Facebook and let Casey Pet Project know that there's updates to the bio that, well, we've found out that he likes car rides or he doesn't like car rides mm-hmm. or his favorite toy is this duck or whatever. <laughs> that was that his him... favorite toy. The only toy he didn't shred to pieces was a little duck. So it's funny you say and that. And that <laughs> personalizes the, the bio for the dog that someone reading it can more easily envision that dog in their home. So he goes through the training. How long was that? It ended up being five weeks, Monday through Friday. It was five weeks because there were a few sessions in that month period missed, but virtual, basically it was every single day a trainer would come to our home for an hour and work with him on the leash reactivity, the, he was a barker, so the barking at everything, 
that walked by outside and the resource guarding. So for a month, a wonderful trainer named Hannah, she was with Beyond the Dog, which I highly recommend if anyone is looking for professional training for a foster or permanent resident. They're amazing. After the five weeks, he really did feel like a totally new dog, or at least a dog that we were really confident could thrive in the right home. And I think that was the key that came out of it is it's you're always looking for the right home, but he his was going to take a very specific home, someone that had patience and was willing to work on the things that the trainer had put into place and just be able to look past his past, I guess. Mm-hmm. So recognize him for what he was and what yes. his potential would be. Yes. When you see a reality show where they have a dog behaviorist mm-hmm. and in less than 60 minutes, we've identified the problem and we've come up with a plan and maybe it's months of work, mm-hmm. but you don't see that months of work. Mm-hmm. And even if they tell you two months later, <laughs> It's hard to really truly understand in your mind when you're watching that, that this was people working hard for a couple hours a day, every day Mm -hmm. to get them to this point. Absolutely. So when you talk about $3,100, it's like, well, that's a lot of money. (laughs) But it's to get someone who's trained, who's a professional, who stands behind their work Mm -hmm. to spend that amount of time to get Royal to where he needed to be. Absolutely. I completely agree. It is because you don't realize, or I guess we didn't realize it was our first experience with professional training. We didn't realize the amount of work we'd be putting in mm-hmm. on top of it. We, you know, I think mm-hmm. we were naive to think that maybe the trainer would come in hour a day, problem would be solved. But but you have to reinforce yes, everything they've done yes, yeah. in the other 22, 23 hours mm-hmm. that the trainer mm-hmm. is not there. Exactly. And it it worked out really nicely. And I think the other key piece that came out of it outside of, you know, realizing it was just going to take a very specific adopter and home for him was that a lot of these behaviors, they're not like the resource guarding in particular. It's not something that can be trained out. Mm -hmm. It's something that you learn how to manage. Mm -hmm. So like that was, you know, new information to us. We didn't realize you couldn't train a dog to not instinctually resource guard. You just learn how to manage the behavior so that you and the dog are both feeling safe and always still being aware that that is in him. That's in his brain chemistry. I will link to an interview we did with dog behaviorist Kim Brophy a while back, a couple months ago. And she talks about just that, that people fail at dog training because they're trying to change the dog Mm -hmm. to some ideal Mm -hmm. that probably doesn't exist. Right. Or to be like another dog that they know, Mm -hmm. but that's not who this dog is. It's understanding who this dog is Mm -hmm. and managing that behavior. Yeah, exactly. And that was something we learned and something we made very clear with Mm -hmm. every potential adopter that came knocking after he was put back on the adoptable list. Mm -hmm. So it was a learning experience for us just as much as it was for him and What can you tell us about his forever home and his adopter? Oh, my gosh. Well, (laughs) going back to the pregnancy situation and knowing he was on a timeline, that timeline kept pushing back for us. Originally, it was, okay, by the third trimester when I'm unable to 
move around as much mm-hmm. and maybe won't be as stable on my feet. He has to be adopted. That was what we originally were working with. And then it was, okay, by the time the baby's here. And then mm-hmm. it's it slowly... It Before slowly, the baby goes to school. No, we left. <laughs> Before kindergarten, we've got to make sure Royal... Exactly. That's a, the final, um, the actual deadline we were officially working with was... Once our baby is even showing signs of like being able to crawl and move mm-hmm. around was the no go because that's when it could potentially get in a harmful situation if you know we turn our backs and he crawls into the kitchen while Royal's mm-hmm. eating or something. So that was the deadline, but luckily we did not meet it because Casey Pet Project did say like he can't come back to the shelter even though he is now adoptable just with the capacity and everything, knowing that he was going to be challenging to adopt anyway there wasn't going to be a space for him Mm -hmm. if deadline hits and he's still not adopted. So we were working against, uh, working against the clock and the adopter came. It was actually shortly after the Super Bowl win chiefs won, and the chiefs defensive player, um, Derek and I'm, I'm Derek Naughty. Yes. Derek Naughty. That's the one sponsored so many dogs. Mm. So thank you to Derek Naughty for sponsoring the naughty dogs. Absolutely. And especially Royal, you saved his life. <laughs> he, uh, it took, I think, that post. That was the post that the adopter had seen, despite our millions of, mm-hmm. you know, cries to the public through TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. It, it took Casey Pet Project specifically highlighting Royal in one of those posts, mentioning that he was sponsored. And he just caught the eye of well, who we call our unicorn. Mm-hmm. And, um, she had emailed, and at this point, we were. <laughs> anytime we'd get an email, it was this what started as a really exciting, like, oh, someone wants to meet him. Mm-hmm. It, over a year and a half time, it became like a, it's probably not going to, probably not it. Yeah. It's probably not them. They're going to, I'm going to give them the scoop, give them his history, what to expect, and yeah. they're going to say, no, thank you. So, yeah, you're pretty excited the first time you get an email that there's a Nigerian prince <laughs> who's going to give you riches if you help them get out of the country. And then by the time you get to a dozen of those, it's like, I just have been burned so many times. Exactly. You lose hope. But then it turns out there is a real prince. Yes, exactly. In this case, a princess. It. And it was at the, I think she was our 26th or something person that inquired about wow. adopting Royal. And yeah, it was many a conversations trying to convince people that despite his resume, he is the best, which I feel like I've hardly even talked about. He was the most by far of the 12 fosters I've had by far the most affectionate, loving, truly gentle outside mm-hmm. of, you know, the specific times that we needed to manage just love bug (laughs) and Mm -hmm. it was so amazing to even just get past the phone call of here it all is do you still want to meet him and when she said yes it was that was did you hear anything we said i know i was like are you really paying attention yeah i'm like reminding (laughs) i'm like i you know i know i know it sounds bad but it it was it was so exciting and definitely the biggest hurdle in her situation she sounded her i mean she had experience with dogs with behavior issues, living alone, no kids under the age of, you know, 12. She has grandkids that come over, but not often. Mm -hmm. So definitely manageable. She worked from home, which I think is pretty critical for Royal in like adjusting to a new situation. Mm -hmm. And she couldn't have been more perfect outside of living in an apartment because we knew in order to go outside, you're on a leash, which is... Mm -hmm when you're reactive. So that was something we really wanted to 
make sure she understood and was something she was willing to take on. And somehow this amazing woman was, and she met Royal. She fell in love with him. He basically, she sat on the ground and within minutes they were snuggling, rolling around. Just, it was just so clearly a fit. And it was, I think I started crying. Like I hope the you first, did. like <laughs> to five minutes being there. Cause it was just like this exhale of relief. Like, there's someone that's going to love him as much as we do, which is always the fear. Is he going to mm-hmm. a home where he's not understood and supported and loved? And he was. <laughs> With uh, the foster, we have Vinny. If he ever gets adopted, I will miss him. Oh, yeah. What makes me the saddest is knowing that he's going to miss me. Oh. <laughs> it, I miss like, him, but I also will know you're in your forever home with somebody who loves you, and I will understand all of that. He's going to miss us without that context. That's by far the hardest part of saying goodbye to every foster I've had is this fear of them feeling abandoned by us or thinking that we didn't love or want them anymore. And that it is something that, especially the first few times, was like really hard to kind of overcome mm-hmm. and get there but then all it takes is a few weeks knowing it's going to take him some time but then like getting those videos and those picture updates just seeing them like so happy he's happy it's he's happy the adopter's happy yes yes it uh the only thing that gets me through and i always tell my fosters you have free dog sitting services for life if you Mm -hmm. ever going out we'd love to spend a weekend with him or whatever it is. So a few of them have taken us up, but I wish more would. Hi, sweet Speaking of Vinny, he has just <laughs> charged into the studio and seems perfectly fine with Gretchen being Hi, here. Hi, Vinny. Like, oh, hey, lady. You seem like a dog person. Am I allowed? I, I know we kind of talked about this. Yeah, we talked about uh, the rules with attention. Vinny is you ignore him until he acknowledges you. And what I tell people who ask, well, how will I know when it's okay? Mm-hmm. You'll know. Okay. <laughs> He'll let you know it's yeah. okay. Oh, he's but beautiful. he hasn't barked to you, barked at you at all. Oh. Yes, he's so handsome. His shiny coat. He looks his... a lot like Royal. <laughs> he's a little smaller. Oh. Man, you're being such a good boy, Vinny. Good boy. Hello. That he had not met Gretchen at all. You want to smell my pups? That he was outside when she got here. With yes. uh, He was with Dawn and then... They came in, and I heard him come down the steps. And Gretchen is closer to the door than I am. So he <laughs> stopped by her first and kind of yeah. sniffed at her sleeve and then he came over to polite. me. Very polite. Very so polite. He's being a good boy. Sweet, sweet boy. Oh, what an angel. So right now, Gretchen is thinking, Phil is crazy because he was telling me how loud oh. Vinny is for anybody who comes to the door. But... You were not at a door. That And sometimes that's all it is. We've started doing that with our dog, who I mentioned, our permanent dog, who is less than polite to guests. Mm-hmm. And um, we have started now just, we put him in the kitchen and let him say hello through the, we block it off with the mm-hmm. garbage can. And it's a lot less chaotic introducing that way. Because for whatever reason, that front door, it's, you know. Because yeah, he has some friends Oh, he's going to do laps now. Oh, got the zoomies? You got the zoomies, buddy? You okay? Oh, you're so handsome. Um, he did a lap and ran into the wall. He went straight he's into excited. the wall. He's excited. He's fine. But what I was going to say is he has friends 
that he barks when they come to the door, and mm-hmm. the more he knows them, the shorter the time yeah. that he's barking. Mm-hmm. But also, there's been times where he's in another room, they mm-hmm. come in, mm-hmm. and they're in the house. They're past the door, they're past the living, they're in the kitchen or something. Yeah. And he comes out and it's like, oh, hey, how you doing? Yes, it's uh, it's so funny. It's like, okay, mom, mom let you in, so mom and dad let you in, so like, you must be okay. So yeah, apparently this, I don't know. Is, this was approved. <laughs> yes. Oh, what an angel! So this is how you know he's brought you his favorite toy is Snowball. Oh, snowball. <laughs> I love it. I'm surprised that it's still intact for how much he looks and reminds me of Royal just in appearance. We have washed it many times. <laughs> Dogs, uh, the toys did not last in our So he, he now will wait when you're doing laundry, Aww. even if it's not in there. Because <laughs> who knows, case. there might be another one. Because <laughs> this is snowball. apparently where they come from. <laughs> snowball machine. <laughs> so before this turns into the Vinny show, oh. I want to circle back to Royal. Yes. Royal's in his forever home. Yes. It was a long road, oh, but yeah. you got him there. And there are resources out there to help people, yes. not only who are fostering, but who have these challenges with their dog, who's in his forever home or her forever home. Oh, yeah. So let's give a plug again to the behaviorist who got Royal to the point where he could be a Yes, her name was Hannah at Beyond the Dog. I do believe, because he got training, it was summer of 2022. So it was quite a long time ago. I don't think she's actually still with him. But part of that training program at Beyond the Dog was... You get two free follow-up sessions, like after the month is done mm-hmm. and you want to, you know, circle back a couple weeks or however long later. We saved those for whoever was going to adopt him so that, you That's know, great. as he acclimated to his new space, if something else popped up or if they were having trouble with one of the behaviors, they'd be on standby. So I think they're actually coming out to visit Royal sometime this month, just get an update. And, and then they're more familiar with that resource if anything else comes exactly. up with Royal or another dog. Exactly. That's great. Yes. Well, thank you so much for telling us a story of yeah. Royal, and congratulations Great. to your family that is growing. Thank so you. That's exciting, too. And uh, any other foster stories you want to share with us, let us know, and we'll have you back on Dog Words. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. appreciate it. I'm Phil Hatterman, and you've been listening to Dog Words, presented by Rosie Fund. Thank you to Gretchen Dole for joining us today. Links to resources, previous episodes, our social media, and a video of Vinny and Snowball are in the description. Next time on Dog Words, veterinarian Laura Plass updates us on the important work being done by community veterinary outreach. A big thank you to alternative string duo The Wires, featuring cellist Sasha Groshong and violinist Laurel Morgan-Parks for playing the wonderful music you've heard on today's and previous episodes of Dog Words. Supporting The Wires supports our mission. Learn more about The Wires, including their concert schedule at thewires.info, and download their music on iTunes. Check out fiddlelife.com and learn to play fiddle and cello fiddle online from Laurel and Sasha, even if you've never played before. Join Laurel and Sasha as they explore new music and delve into the inspiration behind each work as hosts of Sound Currents on 91.9 Classical KC. Click on the Sound Current links in the description for more information. Go to rosyfund.org to shop and get links to our social media. As always, please download, follow, rate, and share dog words. 
This helps us with sponsorships, then Rosie Fund can help more dogs. Send us your comments, questions, and suggestions via the contact form at rosiefund.org and let us know if you would like to be a sponsor or a guest of the Dog Words podcast. Thank you for listening to Dog Words, and remember, we save each other. Mm-hmm.